The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Katie Shear about her ceremony at Epcot's Italy Pavilion and her reception at California Grill. Katie had a lot of wonderful details in her wedding, and I thought you would like to hear about how she pulled them all together and how everything turned out. So welcome, Katie. Hi, Carrie. It's nice to speak with you. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you decided that you wanted to be married at Walt Disney World. I, I'm i not like the typical Disney bride, I guess I should say, that like was a DVC like life member or anything. I went a couple times as a kid, but the first time I went as like an adult, I guess you could say, to Disney, we went spring break for my 21st birthday, and it was the first time that I kind of appreciated Disney on an adult level for what it was. And found out that you could get married there. And pretty much from that point on, I was like, it's happening. (laughs) So (laughs) that was pretty much kind of how we decided. And then Andrew actually had never been. He'd been to Disneyland in California, but he had never been to Disney World until his first trip with me in 2014. And he fell in love with it when he went with me that first time. The poor boy. I think we. I wore my Fitbit and I think we because we went for like just a long weekend. So we were there for three days and I think we walked like 28 miles, but he fell in love with it too. And that's just, I guess, kind of how he knew that I wanted to get married there. So (laughs) there were no, he didn't oppose. (laughs) (laughs) So how did your friends and family react? Had they known that this was where you were planning to get married ever since you were 21? Yeah, pretty much like all of my friends knew, like ever since that first trip I took in college, like with my girlfriends and I, like they were all like, oh my gosh, Katie's like the crazy Disney girl, like she's going to get married there. And his whole family knew too, because it really worked out because I'm from, most of my family's from Ohio and he is from Long Island, New York. So either way, family knew that they were going to have to travel. So it kind of also worked out because you know, it wasn't really fair to make all of his family come to a wedding where I was from or vice versa and have all my family have to travel to New York. So doing it at a destination wedding was kind of, for lack of a better term, like a neutral zone. You know what I mean? So it really turned out perfect for everybody. Okay. How many guests did you invite and how many made the trip? So we started out, our original guest list was 150 is what we invited. 
And that actually was really hard to get it down to 150. We had 99 RSVP and then we had 88 actually come. We had a couple people had health issues kind of last minute, those sort of things. So, but actually attended the wedding were 88. Okay. Now, how did you guys decide on your ceremony and reception venues? That one was actually kind of hard. So I, I had always, whenever I very first found out that like you could get married in Disney, the very first picture that I saw, and I'm sure any bride that's like looked on the Disney websites, when you look at the Italy pavilion, they have that picture out on Italy. I saw with like almost like a donut table. You know, it's like a circle and like, I think the colors are almost like pinks and oranges. And I fell in love with that. And I knew from when I decided that I wanted to get married at Disney that I wanted Italy. But when my mom and I went for our very first visit, because I think we went like you can go 18 months, 12 months, six months, like to meet with a planner. And when we went that very first time, the planner was like, yeah, so in park ceremonies are 9 a.m. only. And (laughs) my mom and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, Oh, that's rough. So uh, we actually met Christy. I'm trying to remember her last name, but it's the planner that you meet with before you're assigned like your actual wedding planner. Oh, like your sales consultant. Yeah, the sales consultant. She was absolutely fabulous. We actually, because that meeting is only supposed to take, I think like they block out like two or three hours or something. She spent the entire day with my mom and I, and she took us, I want to say to like six or seven venues because she realized how crushed I was that Italy, at that point, I didn't think Italy was really feasible just because of the the 9 a.m. thing. So we toured the boardwalk. We toured the Grand Floridian. She took us to the yacht club. She took us to the beach club. She took us to the contemporary, like, you know, pretty much showed us everywhere. And so at the end of that meeting, my mom and I were like, okay, well, maybe we will do, you know, the pavilion and then do the Floridian for the reception. And then the more I got to think about it, I was just like, you know what, if I'm going to do Disney, like I should do Disney. You know what I mean? Like if that's the dream I've always had, like people, people can get up at 9am for one day, like it will be okay. So the following day, my mom and I, we weren't planning on going into the parks. Actually, it was the day I think our flight left Orlando at like five or something p.m. And we went to Epcot that morning and my mom was like, let's just go look at it before we leave. Like before you decide, like you need to go look at it, you need to go see it. And it was really funny because we started like the Canada side. So we went Canada and then we had lunch in England and I had a couple beers with fish and chips. And when we got to the bridge at Italy, I like walked onto the bridge. My mom has a video of it. It's kind of funny. I just like started sobbing and literally like everyone around me is like looking at me like, why is this crazy girl like crying on the bridge? Like, what is wrong with her? And then at that point, I just knew I was like, okay, even if I have to get up at 3 a.m. for my hair and makeup, it's got to be Italy. So as far as ceremony, that's kind of how we ended up doing Italy. And then for the reception, because California Grill, I don't want to say it's a beast in and of itself, but it's a completely different ball game as far as the rules and like what you're allowed to do, what you can't do. And we always loved California Grill. I mean, it's absolutely breathtaking when you get up there. But my fiance had never seen, or fiance, (laughs) my husband at the time had never seen it. And so then we went back when we went for the 12 month visit, it was my husband, my mom and my dad. And we all went up to California Grill and like literally as soon as the elevator doors opened and like we walked out and like saw the windows, Andrew and I just kind of looked at each other and we were like, okay, done deal. This is it too. So when you see it and it all came to fruition, you like knew that that's like 
what it was, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because the same thing happened to me with the attic. <laughs> yeah. How did you choose which location in the Italy Pavilion that you wanted to have your ceremony set up in? When I very first saw that picture of Italy, like on Disney's weddings website, it was the like the little area Italy I saw as it goes out there into the lake. And that's kind of always what I had imagined. Then when I decided food and wine, obviously the reception was out. So the only way to get that would have would be for my ceremony. So that's how I knew that I wanted that space. Now, doing it on the bridge, actually, and again, I don't know if I was just the first bride that my wedding planner had that did that, or if I was the first one to do it. But we actually got married on that arch stairway, which was really cool and something different. And it was also something that I kind of wanted to do with my gown. I wanted my train to kind of cascade down those stairs. But that's how we decided on Italy Isola. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a story about that gown too, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so the gown actually, was it was really cool. So we pretty much, my mom and I had been everywhere, like locally. We'd been to all like stores in Ohio, West Virginia, Maryland, Kentucky, North Carolina. And I just wasn't finding like exactly what it was I wanted because it was also hard. I knew that I wanted a big gown of some flavor, but where I was getting at nine, getting married at 9am and then having a brunch reception, like you know, a really heavy gown with a lot of beading and that kind of thing to me just seemed out of place for a morning ceremony. Like those gowns to me are appropriate for, you know, like a ballroom setting where you have like beautiful up lighting and your gown sparkles, but at 9am, like, and you're going to a brunch, you kind of look a little out of place. So my, like I said, my husband's from Long Island. So we went and stayed with my in-laws for a weekend. And then we went to Kleinfeld in the city and we went during a trunk show and my gown is a Panina Tournay and we went and we got to meet her, which was really cool. And when I was trying on the gowns and stuff, you know, she, cause she goes up to all the brides and like, she talks to you, but she came up to me and, you know, was talking to me and stuff. And I was saying that, you know, I wanted to add some length to the train, but I just wasn't sure if that was something because of, and so she kind of walked away. My consultant was like, well, let me hold on a minute. And my consultant like goes and talks to her and comes back and she's like, Panina like loves this gown on you and she wants you to wear this gown and uh, it was just really really it was so special and then we went back into the fitting room and Panina came back and was measuring me and was talking to me and she actually asked you know once I got my professional pictures back if I'd email her my pictures because she wanted to feature me on her blog and that she had always imagined that gown was a modern Cinderella dress so it was really it was special it was really it was a it was really cool it was wow cool. <laughs> Now, did you guys have a theme or colors or anything for your event? I didn't really do a theme. I guess I did more colors just because I didn't want to compete with the venue locations, you know, because California Grill, since we had it in that main dining room, is such a big open space and like the chandeliers are already really cool, you know, and you're looking at Magic Kingdom. I just wanted the floral that I picked, I wanted it to go with the room. So I did black and white, mostly just kind of classic. And then for like pops of color, there's like almost, it's almost like a raspberry color that kind of is in like the carpet of the California grill. And then like a couple of the chairs are that like raspberry color. So I kind of pulled that in sort of as a color and then did everything else black and white. 
Okay, got it. And I saw you brought in a black and white dance floor even. I did, which that was, I'm sure by the end, my wedding planner was like happy to see me like be married and get out of her hair. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was not crazy about the wooden dance floors that I had seen in pictures previously in California Girl. I just felt like it kind of, it made the restaurant itself is so nice that I felt like the wooden dance floor was almost like too casual. So it was kind of a back and forth because she actually, I don't know if it was just that she had never done a black and white dance floor up there before, or if California grill had never had a black and white dance floor up there before, but it was, it was kind of a back and forth. It was, I'm going to say like two or three weeks before she was able to finally give me like a for sure they were able to put that floor up there. But I was really happy that they were able to do that because I felt like it just kind of like set the whole thing off. I was really happy about that. Okay, interesting. And can you talk a little bit about the process of planning your menu? Because you don't get a tasting at California Grill and they're pretty strict about their menus. Did you make any changes or swaps? We did. So that was one thing, something that was really important to both Andrew and myself was food and like guest experience, which that's part of the reason we had our wedding actually was during food and wine, which can be a little bit tricky, but we just, I mean, we're both foodies and like all of our family both love food. So that was really important to us. So we went on that 12 month visit, he and I had brunch up there and we did like the champagne brunch and we kind of like, cause basically that's, how I talked to my planner and she was like the best way, if you're planning on doing like the set menu brunch for your guests, if you're able to go up on a Sunday and actually eat the brunch, like that's going to be the food that you're having. So that's pretty much I mean, you have to pay for it, which isn't awesome, but that's the best way that you get to taste your menu. So we did, we did that. And then we did actually make some menu adjustments, which the menu adjustments I actually spoke with and did the menu adjustments. They talked to the chef at California Grill before I ever signed my contract because I told them I wanted to know that those were changes that I could definitely have before I signed my contract. So we did, actually, I pulled up my BEO here in front of me. I have the the champagne brunch. So we did like the regular, like the fruit and berries that came with it. We did an omelet station. We did the mascarpone cheese blends, the potato home fries, bacon and sausage, the romaine salad. And then we subbed out because I think that on the regular one, you get two salads. So we subbed out. Andrew really wanted like a steak option. So they did a grilled flat iron steak and then... We did sausage and gravy, and then I added a Mickey waffle station, which was a huge hit. I mean, everyone was just like, oh, my God, these are the best waffles I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, (laughs) I know. (laughs) They are literally the best waffles you'll ever have in your life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So, And then do you have any cake flavor recommendations? We actually had, I guess it was, we had four cake flavors total because actually we had a, a groom's cake at the welcome party the night before. So the groom's cake was red velvet, which was really good. And then at the reception, we had lemon with raspberry filling, red velvet again. Oh, so I guess we only had three. So we had lemon with raspberry buttercream filling, and then we had the red velvet, and then we had the yellow cake with the gray stuff, which is like cookies and cream, which they were all, I mean, they, it was all delicious. You can't go wrong. And can you tell me about the other events you added, the welcome party and the dessert party? Like I said, where I'm from Ohio and he's from New York, like a lot of our families, I'm the youngest of five and he's the youngest of three. So we have decently large families. 
and a lot of them had never met before. So we really wanted to do um, almost like a traditional rehearsal dinner, I guess you would say, even though it technically wasn't really like right after rehearsal. So we had the welcome party at Seabreeze Point, and we did three different appetizers. We did, I can't remember specifically, but it was a seafood, a steak, and a chicken option. And then we just did like beer and wine there and iced tea and lemonade. And then that's actually where we had a Jewish ceremony, and we actually signed the ketubah the night before at the welcome party. So the rabbi came out, and we did the ketubah on Thursday. Oh, interesting. Okay. And how did you like Seabreeze Point for that? Because I think not a lot of people know you can also have receptions at Seabreeze Point. I liked it a lot. It was really nice. We did it. I think ours was from five to seven. The first like 45 minutes, it was still pretty hot because the sun was up. That was that's probably if I could change or adjust anything on that one, that's probably what I would adjust. But the reason we did do that was because that day I knew a lot of the people because most of our guests since they were coming in, they came for anywhere between three and five days and they did parks. So I didn't want to hinder into a lot of like their park time. So that's why I was like, well, I want to do it so that basically I'm feeding them dinner. And then if they want to go back into the parks for fireworks or whatever, they can re-enter the parks. I didn't want to take up their whole evening and eat into like, you know, if they wanted to do the magic kingdom fireworks or whatever as a family. But other than that, I would say I, I really enjoyed Seabreeze Point. It was really pretty. You do really get a good breeze, not to uh, be ironic for Seabreeze Point, <laughs> but you do, you do get a good breeze off the lake right there. It's really pleasant. And then can you tell me a bit about the dessert party? Yeah, so we did the dessert party at the Grand Floridian, which I really wanted to do an in-park dessert party, but during Food & Wine, you can't do in-park at Epcot. They are not currently offering an in-park in Magic Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios was under refurbishment. So really, the resorts were my only option. But we did Grand Floridian. It was really nice. One of the reasons I picked the Floridian was I wasn't a big fan of, like, the black plastic chairs that kind of come standard, standard with a dessert party. But at the Grand Floridian Terrace, you actually... They use those like white wrought iron chairs that are already out. So the chairs, it's almost like a a chair upgrade for free is kind of how I felt like. I felt like it kind of added something that I wasn't necessarily having to pay extra for. But it was really nice. I did do some some linens, actually, which I got the idea from your podcast. They actually reused the linens from the reception and then brought them to the dessert party. So that was kind of a way that I was able to double dip. And the same with the floral. I reused floral that I had at the reception, and then I had them bring that floral to the dessert party. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Which, and like I said, that was a tip that I got from, that I got from your podcast. So that was awesome. And do you have any dessert items that you can recommend to my listeners? We did the the lemon curd spoon with blackberry and lemon zest, the fondue, the coffee with like whipped cream and chocolates and stuff. And then I added on French macarons. The macarons is actually kind of funny. We, and those, those were an added. But when I got there, all the macarons were gone and they weren't bringing out anymore. And I like kind of went up to the guy and I was like, hey, like where are the macarons? Because he came up to me and he was like, oh, let me make your plate, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, okay. And we're going through the line. I'm like, where are the macarons? Because those were my favorite. Like, that's what I was really looking forward to. And he was like, well, they're all gone. And I was like, what do you mean they're all gone? Like, Cause you, you know, you pay for like a buffet style. And I was like, what do you mean they're all gone? And he was like, well, they've all been eaten. And I was like, 
no, like, <laughs> you want to bring, like, some more out? Because, like, I'm the bride and I want some. Like, come on. And then it was funny. So he brings them out and then I sit down. And then I see my 12-year-old cousin goes up to the buffet table. He took the whole plate of macarons off the buffet table and took oh. it over to, like, the kids' table. And the kids were, like, literally eating, like, handfuls of macarons at a time and I was like it was like the little bandit like I figured out like where they were all going it was so funny (laughs) (laughs) and that's funny because that is the first time I've ever heard of anybody running out of anything at a dessert party but now we know why yes yep he was like literally they like went up and literally took the whole plate like back to their little kids table and like we're just eating all of them and I was like okay like a parent somewhere here needs to catch on to what's going on (laughs) (laughs) So can you give me a timeline of how the whole day ran? Yes, actually, I can. Hair and makeup started at 4 a.m. The girls were completely, had to be completely done by 7. The boys started and had to be done, I think, by 7.30. And we actually got a, um, which this was a whole other thing that kind of was a lot of moving parts, but I had a party bus for my bridal party. So the bus came to the boardwalk and picked the guys up at, I think it was 7 or 7.30, took them to Epcot with Nate. He started, and then, and Andrew's like immediate family, so like his mom, his sisters, because we didn't do a first look. So they did their pictures. Then the party bus came back, I think it was at like 8 or 8.30, picked up me and my immediate family, took us and Gen Z into Epcot. Then I did my pictures. Then at 8.50, we were done doing pictures. They took me back to the carriage. Ceremony was from 9 to 9.30. Then we did family portraits from, I believe it was 9.30 to like 10.30-ish. And while we were doing family portraits, the Disney bus transportation then was escorting the other guests from Epcot to California Grill that weren't doing family portraits with us. Then came back, got us. We went to California Grill. Reception was from 10.30 to 3. And then from 3 until the dessert party started, everyone got a break. They could go back, nap, whatever they wanted to do. And then the dessert party, I think, was from 8.30 to 10. Does that sound right? Or 8 to 10? Something like that. Yeah. 8 to 9.30. There we go. Okay, got it. Did you have any kind of entertainment at the reception? We had DJ Charles Miles, which he was awesome, kept everything flowing really nice. And then we had Minnie, Mickey, Goofy, and Donald, which was awesome. And it was a complete surprise to everyone. The only, even my dad didn't know that they were coming. The only people that knew that they were going to show up were myself, Andrew, and my mom. So that was really cool. And it really got everyone, because we had a lot of first time Disney goers in the trip, which was kind of a tackle in and of itself but um even people who weren't like disney crazy when they sh- when the character showed up just like had a ball and thought it was absolutely awesome it was really and those actually are some of my favorite pictures are the guest faces that nate and Jenzy were able to get when the characters were like coming out from the elevators and people were just like oh my gosh so it was cool <laughs> So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention and your budget? Definitely the biggest portion of our budget went to food and beverage. Overall guest experience was really important for us. He's from 
an area of Long Island where weddings are like a production. So guest experience and especially that everybody was traveling to come to our wedding. You know, we wanted everybody to really feel the experience and feel like, you know, coming to Florida and doing the whole thing was really worth it. So definitely food and beverage was number one. Number two, where I focused time and money, I would say would probably be photo and video. Because I mean, at the end of the day, that's all you have left to look at, you know, doesn't matter how much you spend on your flowers, if you can't have a picture to remember them by, as far as I mean, at least that's kind of how I look at it. And then I would probably say entertainment. And then the last where I probably focused the least amount of the budget and energy was probably floral and decoration. Just because, I mean, in Disney, for most of the locations, I mean, you don't really need a whole lot, you know, which is part of the beauty of it. Right, right. So out of all of that, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? My favorite, and actually, I I talked to Andrew before you called because I asked him this too. He said his favorite part was when I walked down the aisle. My favorite part I'd have to, which is funny because he didn't cry, but he says that that's his favorite part. But my favorite part, so after the whole day was over, because we stayed at the boardwalk, he and I, after the dessert party, we and a couple of our friends went to Atlantic Dance Hall. And actually my favorite part of the whole day was dancing with Andrew at Atlantic Dance Hall once everything was said and done. And I don't know if it's because during the, and a couple of my friends have gotten engaged since I've gotten married, you know, and they've talked to me and I've told them the one thing that I wish that I could have done on my wedding day was like, relax and just breathe. I'm so type A that I was like, like while we were doing our first dance, I was focused on like Minnie and Mickey coming out. Like, and then after Minnie and Mickey came out, I was focused on us cutting our cake. And then after, like, I was so focused on like, the order of it and it running like a machine that I didn't just stop and breathe. So then once we went to dance hall and it was all said and done, I think I finally stopped and breathe, you know, got to breathe, which now looking back on it, I wish that I had just like relaxed from the beginning, but easier said than done. (laughs) (laughs) So did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? A couple of things, but like I said, I'm very type A. The one thing, and actually, I think it was something that I had heard in in your podcast, actually, because I remember I specifically had asked my planner about it, but the music for the fireworks were not piped in for the guest at the dessert party, which I was a little bit bummed about. And she said it was something like it had rained that day, like during the middle of the day and like the Bluetooth, like the speakers had gotten wet or something. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. And then the only thing like really I would say that like went wrong when our guests were shuttled to the Grand Floridian for the dessert party, there was supposed to be an event guide waiting there, like right at the doors in the lobby to then take people. Because I mean, to get to that patio, you pretty much have to walk through the entire main lobby of the resort. Right. And our event guides were nowhere to be found. So a couple of our guests were like, wandering around the Grand Floridian and didn't really know where to go. But other than that, I mean, everything went off perfectly. Okay, good to hear. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? The decor at the dessert party, I stress out about a lot, which now looking back on it, I'm like, 
it's dark and nobody cared. Like, why was I so concentrated on that? I don't know, but I was. And then transportation stressed me out a lot because we did, like I said, literally everyone that was there, nobody drove, everyone flew. So everyone was reliant on the transportation that I had booked, like through Disney and making sure that like the guests knew, like you need to be in your front lobby at 8 a.m. or whatever it was to get on that bus because if you weren't on that bus, you couldn't get to our ceremony because it goes backstage. And we did actually have a group, one of our families, his cousins, thought that they could take a cab to Epcot <gasps> to get to our ceremony and showed up at the front of Epcot like an hour before Epcot opens, fully dressed because it was black tie optional. And luckily, they were able to contact whoever in the back that was part of the wedding team and they had to take like a golf cart up to the front and then they all had to pile on the golf cart and then they brought the golf cart back around to Italy. So that was something transportation I stressed out about a lot. But like I said, we had a lot of first time Disney goers and a lot of people don't realize how massive Disney World like truly is. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? That's a hard question because I, I was really happy with the day that the, the, or the way that the day went. One thing knowing now that I didn't know then, when we were taken from Epcot to our reception, we were put back in the Napa room for, I'm going to say, 20 to 30 minutes waiting for them to announce us, which kind of, at the time, when we were sitting back there, I didn't realize how long we were back there until then, like, once we got out and they did the announcement, and then, like, I kind of looked at my phone and realized what time it was. That's one thing I wish I would have said, like, I don't care if people see me before I'm announced. Like, I want to enjoy because we actually didn't get to eat any of... We had the charcuterie set up, like the cheese and the meats and stuff. And we didn't... Andrew and I actually didn't even get to enjoy any of that ourselves because we were tucked away in the napper room. So that would definitely be something that I would have changed knowing what I know now. Another thing, which this probably only applies to me unless somebody else were to do it too, but... When I booked the party bus to be able to take, like, the his, his guys from Boardwalk to Epcot and then, like, us from Boardwalk to Epcot and then the bridal party from Epcot to California Grill, the party bus had, like, a bar in there, which, and then I thought, like, okay, like, it'll be a stocked bar, so we'll be able to, like, have a champagne toast and, like, you know, whatever. It was BYOB, which I did not know. And you can't really purchase, which then we didn't find out until the night before at like 10 o'clock. So all of like the shops were closed. So we couldn't buy champagne or wine or anything. And then, you know, we're getting on the bus at 7 a.m. So nothing was open before 7 a.m. So that I wish I had known before because I just would have liked to have been prepared and I would have brought my own champagne. But <laughs> other than that, I'd say that's pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much it. I also wasn't aware until after we had signed our contract and I had decided on my locations, the cost of Disney transport, you know, those charter buses, right. what, what a chunk of change those can be. I wasn't aware of, I still think I probably would have kept my same locations, but just as a forewarning to maybe future brides that, you know, if you do do the pavilion and then the grand Floridian, you you know, people can walk. So you're not having to pay to bust them. Right. That's a good point. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? I would say to 
before you look at the venue, because actually, and I have had a couple of girls reach out to me like on my Instagram account and stuff and have kind of asked. The one thing that I've told everyone is to start with your guest count because, you know, they're so strict with their venues and the counts, you know, like for example, I think the American adventure you have to have, is it like 80 or a hundred people? Otherwise you can't have that venue. Um, you know, the same, like with like the venue that I chose to do that, that main dining room, I think you have to have a certain number of people and then like there's certain times to it. So I would start, with your guest count, probably, and then find what like venue fits you is what I've told people not to get absolutely heart set on something, you know, to love the rotunda, but then you're only going to be able to have 30 or 40 people there. And then you're crushed. I think I mean, I think that would be my number one. And then I actually have told a lot of people to listen to your podcast, too, because I, I was so sad that I found your podcast after I had signed all my contracts. Because I was like, this is a wealth of information that I wish I had had before. So, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think you've shared a lot of great tips about planning a wedding at Walt Disney World, especially if you're interested in having your reception at California Grill. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you for having me. I really, I love talking and getting to share. And I got a lot of advice from your podcast. So hopefully something that I've, said we'll shed light and help somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.